coach, a serial entrepreneur, played for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, NFL, son's doing great, uh-huh. real estate, uh-huh. marketing, broadcasting, what Whatever. have you done? Hey, uh, do I, <laughs> some people said I couldn't hold a job, you know, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I get around, you know, it, it sort of prepared me for, for what's going on now, you know, so you just got to be able to, I can dig into this pot for that pot for this one and that, but it's all good, man. Life is good. So it is true that your wife is a big, huge fan of the Giants, right? No, it's, it's kidding me. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I know. You'd have to give me a lobotomy if you even thought that I would date somebody that was a Giants or a Cowboys fan. Yes. I want to look twice at the Cowboys fan, but <laughs> no offense out there. You know, I don't want to be called a sexist. But uh, now, nah, Janet, uh, you know, she's got a story. If you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I was joking with you because in, in Wikipedia... You know, they say that the documentary is, you know, real life exactly, and and that Janet is a huge Giants fan. And then I go to your webpage, and <laughs> it goes, "Here's the real story." Well, the, the two things you never, you know, don't don't believe everything you see in the movies. You know, this was not a documentary, uh, as as Coach Ramil said. You know, because somebody asked Coach Ramil, "Hey, well, you know, how true was the movie?" He said, "Well, it wasn't a freaking documentary, right?" And uh, and, it, and it's a biopic. So don't and and then Wikipedia uh, says that uh, I was invited uh, to. Uh, I had a private workout with Coach Ramil, which was which, that was a bunch of bullshit. And uh, they, I mean, they were all the guy. All the guys were there. You know, there were a couple three hundred there. All I know is there was only one guy that I was concerned about, and that was me, and Coach Ramil. And uh, man, he he gave me this. That, what what a shot! You know, just to get that that look at thirty years old. He didn't know I was thirty though. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Because, yeah, because you lied about your age, right? Did yeah, a little age? bit. Yeah. Full How five. old did you say you were? Full five, top three. I, I told him I was 24. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, in the movie, they have that great scene right toward the end of the movie, you know, after the workout. And uh, he catches me in the car, you know, when he was talking about... Uh, yeah, there's a couple good, great <laughs> pictures there. Yeah, so there, there's that's Janet right there, by the way. That's the uh, that that's Janet when she was on the USA uh, World Team. But anyway, he, uh, he, you know, we actually had the conversation that they had at the car. Uh, that was actually in the elevator at Veterans Stadium, and uh, he he sort of had me pinned there. He's, hey Vince, that was a pretty good workout, man. He says, you know, you ran a four or five. I said, really? I didn't know that. You know, he said, yeah, he ran a four or five. And he, and he said, you look good out there. He said, how old are you? And I said, I was 30 then. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm 24, you know. Uh, he said, where'd you play your college ball? And I'm like, oh, I said, I didn't play college ball. I was at Temple. Well, I didn't realize that at that time, the Temple had suspended their football program. But, oh. you know, he, what did he know? You know, he was coming from Brentwood, right? Yeah. yeah, he's coming from UCLA and out there in the, in the fluffy land. And uh, so he doesn't know anything about Eastern College. You know, back then, I t- Temple. So... Uh, I got away with it, and then 15 minutes later, the athletic trainer, he, he hits me in the shoulder, and he says, hey, they want to see you up in the executive offices. Now, when they say that, what are you thinking? Well, I'm because thinking, I don't know what huge... I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, you know, I really didn't know what I'm thinking. And when, and when I go in there and I come off the elevator, and I walk in there and I see all these murals uh, of my idols, you know, the Chuck Bed and Eric, Tommy McDonald was my absolute idol. And I see all them, and then the, the receptionist, oh, hi, Vince, how are you, Mr. Papelli? And uh, she said, uh, Mr. Murray would like to see you. I said, Mr. Murray, J- Jim Murray, the general manager? And he said, yeah. And so she said, go right through here, you know, coach's office to the left, and the third office on the right is, is Jim Murray. So I go past Coach Vermeil's office, says, hey, Vinny, way, way to go. You look good out there today. You know, nice workout. I liked what you were doing. 
You know, so I go walking into Jimmy Murray's office and- Are you pinching yourself right now? Pinching myself. I I had to run to the bathroom. (laughs) You know, I had to make a pit stop. And um, he said, man, he says, "Uh, we really like what we're doing. We want to bring you on and put you on our roster. I said, what? And and he says, how's 21,000 feel? I said, I'll give you 21,000. <laughs> and uh, that was it. And then I, I was a season ticket holder, you know, for 10 years. Uh, and I actually started when I was in college as a season ticket holder. And um, I said, do I have to give up my season tickets? And he said, nah. He, says, You're, he said, we'll get you, uh, you know, you just hang on to them. You still have to make the team. And uh, that, so, I, but I, so in April of, of 1976, I, uh, t- I took a leave of absence from my coaching job, my teaching job, and uh, decided to chase my dream. And, you know, I've worked out every day at the stadium with Roman Gabriel. Roman Gabriel. That goes back. Right? Remember him? Cochise, right? He, I mean, he played all those movies, played for the Rams, and he did all those movies out there in Hollywood. And uh, Gabe took a liking to me, and then it was pretty cool because Mike Schmidt and Steve Carlton, two of the best Phillies of of all years, yeah, Schmidt, were, were yeah. there, and they they all trained together. So they invited me to work with them and their athletic and and their personal trainer, uh, Gus Hoffling, who eventually became the uh, he became the uh, the weight and conditioning guy for the Eagles. And they took me under the wing and got me in like shape I'd never been in before. Uh, I learned a little bit of martial arts uh, because Gus was a martial arts guy, and I was able to uh, use some martial art techniques and in my releases and things like that when I got to training camp. And um, I was always in great shape because I was a track guy. I was a decathlete. Actually. Yeah, you killed it in track. Yeah, yeah. You track, won. Uh, track was my deal. Yeah. Did, didn't you win nationals or? Well, I did. I, I, I won a meet an indoor meet one time at the Madison Square Garden, which was pretty cool. Yeah, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. yeah. Shit. yeah. What was Madison Square Garden like back then? Well, there was the original Madison Square Garden. That's what Garden. I mean. What yeah. was that like? Oh, it was wild. You know, it was right, like right on top of each other. You know, it was so cool. It was and, like uh, Madison Square Garden of Woodstock. Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you could. Put you know you could put that you're gonna put that Madison Square Garden into at you know like it's like the you could just put a put five of them into some of the new arenas that they play in and they had the wooden track and wow. you know the tears and, and there the guy's mispronouncing my name Vince Papel you know and that's, that's <laughs> hey you know it's like what I don't, you say, I, I, I don't care what you call me just call me let's go <laughs> you know and and I won that and then you know my 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 award was because it was my birthday and I had a couple bucks in my pocket and all the boys from St. Joe's we all went out afterwards to celebrate a little bit and uh we got robbed <laughs> oh, fuck. how'd you get yeah, robbed we got robbed some sneak why thief. didn't you run so, some sneak thief <laughs> yeah some sneak thief came into our room for crying out loud you know and then and, and, oh. and yeah so it was quite an experience but yeah track was my deal and uh, you know i did that at, i did that for six years and i mean at, at st joe's i won a, tra- a pole vault scholarship yeah Pole vault's no joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I have more concussions pole vaulting than I did playing football. Isn't but that I, amazing? Yeah, but I don't remember, you know what I mean? <laughs> if that was back in the day. When, if you, you got a ding, you would get, get a up. smelling salt, right? <laughs> right, Rob? You get a smelling yeah. salt. And you get it up. back up. Yeah, get yeah, back you, up. know, how many fingers is that? You know, and I got five up here. Hey, it's two. It's, yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, that, what that's how my, I always say it. That's how my grandfather was. Yeah. I say this at nausea, but he used to make me catch 100 balls in Philly. Uh-huh. Well, Lebanon, and if it was 10 degrees out, my mom would be out. You're going to kill him. You're going to kill him. I had to catch 100 balls in a wife beater in the summertime, two sweatshirts, <laughs> two sweatpants. But I was running back. So then when I played and they handed me the ball, and everybody's giving me a heat warmer, like a hand thing. 
Me, I'm used to my grandpa, who's six foot seven, who was jacked. Yeah, he got he got the height, not me. <laughs> don't don't look at me. Vince gave you that look, Tommy. I, I, I'm aware, Vince. I'm aware. He didn't get those jeans. I'm aware. I'm ninety nine point nine percent of the time I'm the shortest guy in the room. But <laughs> I didn't use hand warmers, and the heat didn't bother me at all. That's funny. But you know, it made me tough. As yeah. much as I hated them at the time, yeah. but I broke a lot of records because it didn't bother me. Hey, you know, well, toughen you up right back then. With, you know, with so. that, with with that being said, Vince, what do you think nowadays? And it's good that they have the concussion protocols that they uh -huh. have for these players and things like that but in general you see you know kids i don't want to say they don't want to work hard but they're handed a trophy and everything's mm -hmm. celebrated mm -hmm. what's the difference from when you were coming up when you were growing up the work ethic all that type of stuff compared to maybe some of these athletes now well a huge difference you know we didn't have those comfort zones you know places you go to and suck your thumb or you know get coloring books and all that kind of stuff you know you, you played and you lost if you lost you lost you know and you try to figure out why uh, you weren't allowed to make any excuses, you know, and nobody was going to make excuses for you. And that's basically what it was, was very physical. Um, you know, the rules of the game. I couldn't, <clears throat> under today's rules, I probably, uh, based, based upon what I did back then, if they had today's rules back then, I probably wouldn't have made the team. Uh, because I was so physical and I would be hitting guys below the waist and you know we were allowed to do that crack back blocks mm -hmm. I could I could come from the stands if I wanted to and jump on and just come in and rip a linebacker put your helmet right in the sternum and uh, you know you de-cleat them and ah, you, you mean know. when it was fun oh man you kidding me I mean, I I was, love, I was, when I was younger when you guys could really football. hit shit this yeah. this is flag football today. yeah but you know to get, yeah get back to your question you know the uh, back then it was it was you know, you just played and you played hard and participation trophies. I remember one oh. time with, uh, you know, Vinny, he, he looked at what, what's this is I didn't earn this, you know, he's, you know, it, but, you know, you, we're, we're making a big mistake right now with our children and, and just softening them up and, and not showing them the value of physical fitness, you know, the value of, of, of having that dream and, and, and not having it come true and, and allowing them to learn lessons through the process, through the journey. And uh, too much is handed out, you know, and it's happening all over. And, and I think it's just ruining, ruining people's psyches and also their motivation. And um, it, 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 to, thank God, you know, Vinny's 26 and he's in the USFL. My daughter's 28. They're beyond that. But and I'm so glad. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, listen, I was 47 when Gabby was born. So Oh, boy. Yeah, I should have. talk about the Italian stallion, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I hear you. I hear you, buddy. <laughs> what number are you at? Actually, I don't even want to know because uh, I get destroyed. <laughs> no, I this episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked. Are you the man your father was? Recent studies have shown that men's testosterone levels have dropped substantially since the 1980s at about an average of 1% per year. Think about how old your father was when he was born. For example, if he was 30, your testosterone levels could be 30% lower than his. Low testosterone levels can have all type of health effects on men. It can affect your mood, sex drive, memory, muscle mass loss. You name it. And yes, low testosterone is more common the older you get, but it can affect men at any age. So let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in a discreet packaging with next day delivery. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. So if you want to test your hormone levels without having to leave your home, visit trylgc.com backslash MSCS media and get 25% off your test using the code MSCS media. 
The link is in the description at the top. This episode is sponsored by WestonJohnBoucher.com. Even after a decade of exposure to the fashion industry, while fully immersed in the modeling world, model and future designer Weston John Boucher still hadn't found clothing that checked every box when it came to look, feel, quality, durability, and price. His solution was to create a menswear brand that would bridge the gap between designer-level pieces and reasonable price points without sacrificing quality. Weston's aim was to provide men who prioritize their health with effortless sophistication and style through simplicity of flattering fits, handsome designs, and amazingly comfortable materials. It's time to elevate your style. Experience obtainable luxury by Weston John Boucher at WestonJohnBoucher.com. Use the code Tommy to save 25% off your first purchase, their largest discount ever. I'll tell you right now, it would give Imperial Armani, Giorgio Armani, Page a run for its money. So go to Weston, W-E-S-T-O-N-J-O-N-B-O-U-C-H-E-R.com. Use the code Tommy, T-O-M-M-Y, and save 25% off. Link is in the description below. Quit and go to another school and the way they've set it up. I, I'm not quite sure I agree with all that. But that's pretty much the way society is going right now. And uh, they're moving in that direction, you know, making it too easy for people to to, uh, to lose and to fail, you know. But that's all right. We'll take care of you. Well, you know, that's you know not the I, way it was when we grew up. You know when I kind of started seeing this happen, not to this extent, and I'm not picking on the guy, but when LeBron would go to whatever team was winning. Remember before you had Kobe Bryant? Mm-hmm. Never gave up. He was my favorite player. I used to, I got season tickets just to watch him. And, and he would miss a shot. And after the game, everybody's in the locker room. We go up to have dinner. He's still shooting that shot for two hours yeah. after the game. With a guy like LeBron that this generation watched, he would go from team to team to team that was going to win. Nothing to take away from LeBron. I mean, he's a genetic freak. But he would go with the winning team. He mm-hmm. didn't feel the loss to build it up and so on. Then you add it now, now you give everybody trophies, you got bullying, you can't discipline anybody, you can't put fear in anybody. So when you, you put on the TV and you see LeBron and he's your guy or whatever, and team to team to team, then everybody gets a trophy. Where's the drive going to come from? Mm-hmm. Where's it going to come from? Mm-hmm. See, I don't know much about LeBron's past, you know, and how he grew up and whether he's a tough kid or not. I mean, he's a heck of a player. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, I don't mean to pick on him. No, just and I'm, around. I, yeah, I was going to say, it, it's set up that way. So, you know, why, why wouldn't you not want to take advantage of it? Because that's the way it's structured. And, um, Good point. You know, and, and then, okay, I'm, I, I can move on. Let's, let's move on. You know, I did my thing in Cleveland. I, you know, I did everything that they asked of me, and, and let's go. So let's go out to L.A., you know, do this. But the system allows them to do it. And uh, I remember how much a big deal it was with the NFL back before I was even playing in the NFL. I forget. I think they were striking over it, you know, to have this thing called – Free agency, free agency. You know, it, it was like it was going to ruin the game. You know, well, that's all it is now. You know, they're just going. You you don't know where one guy is one from one 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 day to the next. You know, and, and then you're you know Odell Beckham Jr. You know he's visited three teams last week, and mm. you know where's he going to go? I mean, it's just really uh, it's it's pretty amazing actually the way the structure of the game is set up and. And sometimes I, I think we're losing track of the game being the game. And there's so many other factors involved, you know, and, and I, I just wish people would let us have our Sundays uh, without 
all the stuff, you know. All the political judgment, whatever, whatever I, you want to call it. You, you know? don't even want me to go uh, there. I mean, neither. I don't want to go you there. Don't, you don't even want me to go there. I don't, I don't want to. I've heard it. But, just, but, yeah. that, but that, uh, that transfer portal now with college football, even I read an article yesterday, you know, it's, it's college kids on one-year contracts is what it is. Yeah. And it's it's hurting the high school kids coming up too because they're picking from the transfer portal and kids that may have got scholarships are not getting them now mm -hmm. because they're filling up from this portal. Oh, they're doing one year contracts. So it basically is. I mean, you could like if you wow. go to if you go to Florida, let's say, and you, you sign there, and then let's say you're the second stringer because you weren't good enough, you didn't make it. Well, I'm putting my name in the hat. I'm gonna put myself in the portal. So now wow. Kentucky picks you up, Jeez. and you don't you play there year. You don't like the coach. Okay, I'm gonna oh, put myself in the on. portal again. That's so why I'm like, the NFL, at least, you know, like the veterans, the Eagles just signed Sue and a couple of these guys on one-year deals. They're at the end of their careers. It's just to sign them for a one-year deal. But normally you're not signing a one-year deal in the NFL, at least three years mm -hmm. or whatever it is. But these kids are basically one-year deals, and they're they're gone. There's no a loyalty, like I said, anymore, or allegiance to any. Well, that's uh, that's just that. the way the game's structured, and that's, yeah. that's you know, that's just society in a whole. Yeah. So uh, why not? You yeah, know, no, if, I if, 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 you know, I, yeah. Hey, listen, everybody's telling you in life, in order to succeed, you got to be able to adjust and call your audibles. Yeah. So what well, are you going to do? So what are you do? Unless you're Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest quarterbacks playing, and he can't call his own audibles. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking coach. <laughs> oh well. Now, when you were playing, you know, you guys were so physical and hitting, and you never heard concussion, concussion, concussion. No. You never heard about all no. that. No. Now all of a sudden everything's concussion and they have better padding, better mm -hmm. equipment. Why do you think that is? I, well, obviously that. Uh, hopefully, it's uh, the the. Um, you would think that they they want to take care of the player. You know, there's a great investment now that they're making in players, so you always have to keep that in the back in the back. Like big pharma, maybe. Uh, <laughs> They what? Like big pharma's involved? Well, I don't know about that. No, I don't. I don't want to get into that. I don't, I don't know anything about that. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about contracts, and you know that what the players have, you know, and the investments that the uh, that the teams are making in the player. I mean, it, it's pretty. It's pretty big investment, you know. And the fans make those investments as well, uh, with their soul, with their heart, you know, with their cheering, and also uh, with their season tickets. Uh, but I, I think it's a good thing, you know, I really do, you know, because of all the stuff that's coming out with the CTE and the brain damage and, and a couple of my teammates that, that I know that are starting to slip a little bit, you know, and, and I think it's a, it's a good thing back then. You know, you wanted to be like that macho man, you know, hey, you know, I played with a ding. And but now it's it's not really the smartest thing in the world to do. I mean, I was making fun of the two smelling salts and this, you know, and how many fingers up and what day and what's your name. But, uh, you know, we're finding out with now uh, and science and, and medicine that it's not quite the good thing. And I sort of like what they're doing in trying to protect the players in that respect. Um, you know, it's sometimes, you know, in some of the rules, you know, that they've changed, um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's so judgmental now. And, and, you know, and I think it's, slow, it's slowing the game a little bit. There's a lot of questions about, you know, what is roughing the passer, what isn't. You know, you're hitting this guy low, you're doing this, you're holding. I mean, it, it just every week. And now, you've never, how many times do you see um, illegal uh, illegal receiver downfield? You know, yeah. it seems, all right, well, let's tag this one. So what's it going to be next year? So, but hey, you know, it's 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 still the NFL, man. It's 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 the best there is out it there. Still is, he, and, he, and I'll take with the craziness. That's it, right? man. I'll, I'll take whatever they give me. You know, I'll, I'll take it. You know, because it has NFL on it. What was recovery like 
when you were playing. You know, now we have ice baths, we have all this, you know, therapy. Yeah, all this stuff. stuff. When you were playing after a game and had a rough one, what what's the recovery like after that? Oh, we had the best. We had the best training staff, I think, in the NFL with Lotho Davis and Ron O'Neill. You know, this guy constantly. He was head of the National Trainers Association, mm-hmm. and uh, he he was he was recognized always as a guy who could bring a ball player back quicker without re-injury. I mean, that was an oh, wow. that was a an important and a really key thing. So our recovery, we were I think we're way ahead of the curve, and uh, we had the um, we, we we you know you had the typical ice you know the ice treatments and the ice you know you get in the world the ice whirlpool and this and that. But uh, we had we had actually that. The sleep chamber that you could get into, you know, he was. We were one of the first to do that. If you wanted to go in and and get a massage or something like that, you would you would have one of the interns and they'd work you out, you know, and get you through. So I think the recovery process was really, really uh, quite well, quite quite good. But see, uh, me being a, a track guy, you know, being a decathlete and stuff like that, having to go. Uh, all the time, I, I have my own recovery system. So, you know, you're going to get your dings, and you know, every once in a while, you have to have something to take care of that ding. But um, I, I never really thought that I was misused or anything like that in terms of the recovery. I, I thought I was getting a hundred percent of of everybody's effort to get to get back into the game. You know, I had I had one job, and that was a smack the guy that was returning to kick off for the punts and mm-hmm. and protect the, our, our punt return, our kickoff return. That was my job. And, uh, you know, I always say, you know, find out what your role is and play it with passion. And, and that's what I did. So it was it was pretty cool. And I was so damn thankful uh, to get four years in the NFL. Oh, yeah, man. And if I, would, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I mean, maybe yeah, a couple more passes. What do you think about when you talk about injuries nowadays in the NFL? Uh, there's this big push now to have all the stadiums that switch to, well, they're investigating or whatever, the turf back to natural grass. You're seeing mm-hmm. a lot of these knee injuries, torn ACLs, Achilles t- torn. Do you, th- in your opinion, it's opinion, do you think that it does make a difference, grass versus natural turf, and maybe there are more injuries because of the artificial turf? I, You know, I, it's, it's tough. Tur- right? Turf is tough, you know. Um, and, and, and the turf that we had at Veterans Stadium, oh it, yeah, <laughs> you know, come, come to my house in Jupiter. You'll, you'll see two of the stands, you know, two of the seats are back in the pool area. And out front, I have some of that turf. Oh, it's so Yeah, cool. I mean, you would, you would get second, third degree burns <laughs> yeah. off, off that, you know. And now some of the turf, it's like, wow, you know, they've got the, they got the pellets in there. That, and it's pretty good. And it's interesting because, you know, I'll t- like I'll talk to my son, Vinny. And, um, you know, and he's playing boys in the USFL. And, you know, I said, what do you prefer? He said, well, I prefer the grass. And I said, why is that? He said, I just feel like, I feel like I'm in more control with the grass, you know. And, uh, and when you take a look at the, the field at Lincoln Financial Field, oh, my God, I mean, it's exquisite. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even be able to tell. You know, it's really cool, though. I like what they do out there in Arizona. You know, it's the indoor stadium. But then what they do is they roll that whole stadium. They roll it all the way out, and they grow the grass outside. And then for game, it just slides right back in. So imagine taking this really? table here and wow. just rolling it out there and then, you know, growing it just like regular grass and then bring it back in. Correct sunlight, real yeah. rain. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's you didn't know that, huh? So anyway, that was um, that, that's pretty cool. But, you know, the turf, AstroTurf, you know, started with the AstroDome. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had to come up with something because, you know, 
and there it was. So they came up with the artificial turf. Um, you know, it goes one, one way or the other. You know, you might talk to a lineman. You know, a lineman. I'm sure, I'm sure, and the defensive guys. They're, they're going to want. They're going to want. They're going to get dirty and all that. You know, and uh, I tell you what, the running backs was. Mm-hmm. So you know, there was an election going on last night. You know, messing around with with my buddy. He's a, he's from Georgia. You know, and Herschel mm-hmm. Herschel was playing, and uh, back in the day, and and I saw I sent him. Uh, he was on the air last night actually while the, while the election was going on, and I sent him a picture of Herschel when he was playing for the Eagles. Oh yeah. And if I showed him, uh, uh, you should you should have seen the shoulder pads, man. The shoulder pads. <laughs> Yeah, like they they were as they were as big as it was huge. Mm. Those things now they just about wear anything. You see these guys go out, and and they're, they're wearing like they're, they're wearing like pantyhose for crying out loud, you know. And they, they, they have nothing covering their knees. So you you, you That's know that's crazy I mean, the knee thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't you know I don't understand that. You know, back in the day we 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 Popped had that knee. Yeah, we had to have our knees covered, and you know you had to have your socks up to a certain thing. You get fined for stuff like that now. Everybody wants to stay 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 uh, tight and lean and 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 fast and you know you just take a look at the shoulder pads and they're just about nothing. So, but you know it's 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 space age stuff too they've got going out there. I, you know, I, I I guess if I were playing today, I'd probably be right there doing the same thing they'd yeah. be doing. I, you know, heck the heck, I'd probably have a speedo torpedo. If I could. <laughs> <laughs> Now in in the locker room, was it a brotherhood? Oh man! Always like because no, you know now me. you know they're all yeah. people that are complaining. Oh, so back man. then it was just like a brotherhood. Everybody looked out for everybody. Everybody looked oh, out that's for so everybody. Awesome. You know, yeah, you have a couple of knuckleheads. It's like always. anything, but you know, but but they're still your brothers. Yeah, though, they're right? still yeah, and, and you know, yeah. game day. I mean, yeah, you know, I think everybody should look at life the way we look at a locker room. You know, you see, yeah. you, you see nothing but a brother. Yeah. You know, it's as simple as that. And it doesn't make a difference where they come from, whatever it is. That they are, they're your guy. And on game day, man, you're out there to protect them. You know, it's you know, the teamwork makes the dream work, and and uh, that's all part of it. You know, even if they're a defensive backs. So. <laughs> Give me a funny story from the locker room. You got to have a good one that sticks out. Well, we had a we had this one guy. Is is he was a reporter. Is his name was Scoop. Scoop. Yeah, he was a scoop. So we uh, <laughs> we we all came up with this thing that you know we're, we're, when we when he was coming by, we were sort of pretending we were whispering, but we would let him hear something that was just some really farcical thing that we were going to come up with. I don't know. Some guy's <laughs> going to get traded or whatever. And then the next day they would know, roll with it. Yeah, the next day <laughs> it, it'd be it, you know the scoop from scoop, you know, and then it would be in the paper, and you know, so we got scoop you know and just you know did a fun thing or what we used to what we used to do to some reporters every once in a oh, while that was if, so fun if, you know they used to have these like you, you get these tables you know they had these big tra- they had these big hampers right in the middle of the locker room so for 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 the um the intimate parts of your of your of your clothing your socks and your supporter and all that stuff you would put in a mesh mesh thing and then you just throw it into the hamper so if we didn't like the way a reporter every once in a while reported what we did the day before we would take the reporter and we would put we would put him in that hamper and then and then you know and, and then roll the hamper in into the shower and give him a cold shower you know so yeah we did that so i, I remember this one guy man i was so pissed off i was playing with a i was playing with a uh, with a pulled hamstring you know and, oh. uh, yeah it was and it was hurting 
Because every step that yeah, just, and we're going to get some Oakland Raiders in the next day. Oh, the yeah, Ra- you have to yeah, play the Raiders yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, and the next day he he gets boys. yeah he gets us and he gives our special teams a D plus or something like that. Well, guess what? He he got one of our bads. Yeah, uh, he, he got he got one of our treatments. Well, we never went below a B plus ever <laughs> after that. From that yeah. point on, honors, yeah. huh? Yeah, he got the message. But you know, it was just everybody had each other's back. So cool. and, and you know, Coach Romeo's used to do a really, really cool thing on Fridays after we got done practice. Uh, he would sort of set it up, and, it, 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 and we had the pool table, we had the foosball, all the other stuff, you know, and it'd have hoagies and cheesesteaks. I mean, this is Philly, like the best there's is. And then he'd just have a quarter keg there, and That's guys so cool. guys just be sitting around, and, and we'd be with the coaches, and, we're you know, we're having a beer in the locker room. Yep. And they do that, and they do that, and they used to do that in the baseball locker rooms. But, you know, we did it once a week, and, and he wanted everybody just a little camaraderie nobody would take any advantage of it and it was really a really cool situation and you know it's just uh life should be a locker room and that's yeah, the way i look I, at it yeah i always say that i think i sorry i think kids should at least have to play some sport growing up because they learn teamwork they learn how to work with people people of different ethnicities and all that type of stuff because that is life and these kids don't do it anymore they sit on their asses their parents don't push them to do anything it's it's sad. Mm-hmm. it's sad. It's sad. And I bet what uh, Dick Vermeil did was so important oh. to the team because you know whatever BS was going on during the week, you'd have that one day. Even the coaches involved, you know. Oh, everybody, yeah, sure. What's another thing uh, you can remember with uh, Vermeil? You know, like cause the motto. He was he always had his sayings, you know, for Tyson and uh, Teddy Atlas and all that. Right. And you know, like Phil Jackson was like the Zen master. He just had a way to be able to contain a guy like Rodman, Jordan, Pippen, all those egos in one. Don't know how you do that. And then Kobe and Shaq. (laughs) But with Vermeer, what were some of those things like that, you know, because he was just such a, such a, like, scholar, would just, I would read things that he would say, like quotes, that meant a lot more than just a quote, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, well, he's got some great quotes, and when I go out and speak, I have this one slide, and I give the three Vermeilisms that I really like the most. You know, one of them was nobody ever drowned in sweat. I mean that, and that was the killer because that 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 was a sign that used to be right outside the door as we're going out in our locker room for training camp. So we'd all come out in in a group and we pretend that we were that we were like a herd of cattle, and we'd all start, and we'd walking out, you know, so like we're going out for the slaughter. You know, they can kill us, but they can't eat us. And uh, so that that was the first one. And the other one, this was greatest when we were talking to the press, because you know, keeping in mind, it's '76, man. We don't. There's computers are just coming in, and there's certainly there's no social media. And he had to say, he said, "Don't overload your mouth with your butt." Oh yeah, yeah I mean that's a great saying. But this is the one that pertains to me, and I use a lot. And it's an opportunity is worth to a person exactly what their preparation enables them to make it. And uh, you know, so it's all about that opportunity. And he gave me the shot. And then he's got another. I was just thinking on potential because Lombardi says. Pot- somebody asked Lombardi, you know, what's potential? He says he says something you ain't done yet. But when you ask Coach Ramil what potential, he said it's two things. It's a coach killer, and 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 he said, and it's the greatest waste a person can have is oh, the waste yeah. of potential. Wow. Right. And and so and I've always I, 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 I mean, I, I build my speeches around those quotes, just, just the same thing. You know, what it was to take. And then there's this one that was given to me by my high school coach who reminded me so much of Dick Vermeil. 
And Dick Vermeule reminded me of him, and his name was George Corner. And when I was trying out for the team, and I'm 30, everybody's breaks are busting my hump really bad. You're 30 years old. You never played college football just because you played in these rough-touch leagues, you know, and blah, 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 blah. So I said, what do you think, Coach? Should I give it a shot? He said, what do you mean? You crazy? Why wouldn't you want to do it? And he says, let me give you this quote. And he said, happy are those who dream dreams and are willing to pay the price to make their dreams come true. And he said, Vinny, just go out there and give it everything you have. He says, you know what it takes to pay the price. You've paid the price. And, you know, I went through a lot of stuff when I was a kid with my mom's mental illness. And that's another story. And uh, he says, you paid the price. And this is the guy that was mentoring me when I'm 13 years old. And my mom and dad is going in and out of a, my mom is going in and out of a mental hospital, having gotten electric shock. Sorry to hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, and this is the guy that got me, uh, got me that scholarship to college. And then when I'm 30 years old, he gives me that quote. And the that's thing awesome. is, they're willing to pay the price. And that's what's going on right now, you know. It's, it's just, well, wow, we don't know if we want to have these kids pay the price. Well, let's make it easy for them, you know. Let's set it up for them. So it's just, come on, man. Let's, let's yeah, everybody go out there. Strong, give it, yeah. right? You know, you can't win every race. It, it's it's going to be very simple. And but you, you, you But you can win the race if you give it everything you have, you know. I mean. It's just it's, and not give up, right? Yeah, because right. as long as you don't give up, it's not a loss. Yeah. Well, they're redefining every other word in the, yeah. in, in the dictionary. Why not redefine the word winning? You know, how about winning? It's just being giving a, a thousand percent effort. You know. Yeah, but somebody just gives to anybody for anything, so everybody feels yeah. equal, and they're all cozy and fuzzy inside, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. What team did you? What was your favorite team to go against? What, what team did you really look forward to playing against? Oh, I really liked playing against the Giants. Actually, I, I, yeah. I just know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, the Cowboys—they uh, were pretty. The Cowboys. They were pretty. Yeah, they were pretty intimidating. It was pretty cool that first game to go out there and be in Texas Stadium, man. Woo! That was wild. It was so hot, you know, and to see the, see all the guys on the other sideline that you're watching on TV. And I, I have to tell you, I was a little intimidated. <laughs> that, that first NFL game that I, I played in against the Cowboys. But I used to like to play against the Giants. I always felt we could beat them. And, uh, and plus, the, the Meadowlands turf, they had the turf there. The Meadowlands uh, was one of the fastest and best turfs in the league. So I liked that a lot. But, you know, it was really cool for me. Because I'm watching these guys on TV, and now I'm playing in, and I'm I'm playing out there in Chicago. It's gonna you know, be so mind blowing. You know, so Soldier Stadium, Soldier Field, and I'm out there at the Coliseum in L.A. You know, we're out there, we're playing in some of these marquee stadiums, Cleveland Stadium, you know, in Minnesota, you know, where the Twins played, and uh, it was wild, you know. So, but I I really like playing against the Giants, and and I'll tell you why because uh, they uh, they that was just really gave us a good game, and we got to know some of the players pretty well but it's you know it's pretty crazy because as much as i did i, I didn't like the cowboys you know I, I have a pretty good relationship with a few of the guys that i used to absolutely despise <laughs> you know, like michael Irvin and drew pierce and emmett yeah. smith you know and all them they kick our ass you know and then they're like buddies of mine you know because we run into them i do autograph signings all around the country and and that and speeches you know and i run into these guys and you know it develop it's it's that camaraderie it's yeah. a fraternity and it's a beautiful thing you know you're talking about what's it like in the, in the locker room well if you expand that locker room and you take it to the fraternity of being in the NFL, it's pretty special. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, right? there's a, yeah, there's a lot of respect that uh, that the guys that you've played against that you've really, really fiercely competed against uh, now are you know they're equal with you, and it and it's pretty cool. Great relationships. How vicious were the Raiders? 
Oh man, were they really as vicious yeah. as everybody says? Well, they were. They're intimidating. <laughs> or, or was it know? just like yeah. <laughs> well, well, whatever? <laughs> no, they, they, they. You know, they, they had it. You know, they, they just, they just, they had that swagger, man. You know, and it was, it was great. And we played, we played that one. I got, I, I tell you what, I got, I got clocked by Charles Phillips one Did time. It, who was the coach for the Raiders then? Was, who, what was his name? Well, it wasn't Madden. I, I, I forget. He was a quarterback. Oh, before there, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, just uh, yeah it's, somebody will Google it up out there. But I, I tell you what, man, I got clocked one time, and I don't, I don't know. It might have been Cliff Branch that was returning a punt. And I, I had him, man. I, I just, you know, I was like my laser. I had him all lasered up, and I was ready to go and get it. And all of a sudden, I got ear holed. Oh. Yeah, man. Charles Phillips came out of nowhere and <laughs> helmet to helmet. So my helmet goes round, and I'm, I'm on the ground looking out my ear hole, and he's giving me this Rocky crap because you know they always call me Rocky. Yeah. Hey, Rock, come on, man, get up for the counts. And I'm not gonna let him think that he knocked me out of Veterans Stadium. So I sort of stagger over to the bench, and I look around, and everybody's laughing at me, and everything's in black and white. And I'm thinking, oh crap, I got the color knocked out of my life. Here, I was on the Raiders bench for Christ. You went to the wrong. I went to the wrong bench. Oh my. Yeah, yeah. You know that getaway moment. You you want to get away? Yeah. That was my want to get away moment. When, uh, they were they were badasses, man, and I loved them. I loved the Raiders. When did you so get the cool. name Rocky? When then they when did they first start calling you Rocky? Seventy seven when the movie came out. Yeah, you know because you always got up. Yeah, that's I mean that's how the movie got started. Thanks to Rocky. Yeah, you know, and it just came up. Everybody was calling me Rocky. You know, I had a couple of other nicknames that I can't say. Whatever you want. But uh, you know, I, the Samurai was one of them. They just called me Pep, Pepperoni, oh, Vinnie Barbarino. You know, <laughs> Vinnie Barbarino. Yeah, Vinnie Barbarino. You want a haircut? Come here. <laughs> yeah, Vinnie Barbarino, and you know, Pepperoni Pizza Face. You know, and then the Unibrow. I had a big, I had a great Unibrow. That was pretty cool. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah, the Rocky thing came up right after Rocky. You know, a couple guys. Did you ever see that movie? I said, no. They said, you ought to see it. It's your story. How and, big was the movie Rocky? When it came out, oh, you huge, know, in real time, it huge. was huge. Oh, my God. It was just a bomb oh, right yeah, from the gate. It, it is still the bomb. I mean, oh, yeah. I, 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 I love, I'll, I'll watch that movie as much as, uh, as I'll watch Invincible, you know, and, and you know, it was pretty cool. And I've got, I got in good buddies with, with Rudy. You know, I always bust Rudy and tell me it's off sides. You know, come on, man. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, Rudy and I are buddies, you know. But they get that. But, you know, to be compared to Rocky and um, and, and all those years, and, and I wasn't quite sure. I, you know, I, I certainly wanted, didn't want to have so much respect for Sylvester Stallone. I hope it didn't offend him. And, and I had the great honor of being the MC of, of the first Creed when it came to Philadelphia at the top of the Art Museum steps. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, that was really cool. And we're in the green room, and there's Sylvester. He's over there signing the posters, and, you know, they're introducing this program. And our MC for the day is Mr. Invincible. Everybody knows him, Vince Papale, you know? <laughs> and then and, and, and Sylvester, Sly, looks up, and he goes, and he goes, boom. And, you know, he said, come on over here. And I'm thinking, oh, man, here we <laughs> go you know he, he he doesn't like this rocky thing and he just hugged me and he said i'm really proud of you oh, so uh, it was cool. like it, i had to tell you it's one of the greatest moments of my life of of, of talking about the movie you know and some of the great things that happened what was to have the respect and admiration of sylvester stallone because that, that movie rocky had such an impact on me you know about a kid from the neighborhood you know you know it's just ham and egger that was i'm a ham and egger Parents never got beyond the eighth grade. You know, you were telling me about your background. My, my my grandfather coming from Naples. My other grandfather coming from England. You know, I mean, it's just and it's so lucky. My parents never get beyond the eighth grade, and here I am in the NFL, 
Hollywood, you know, Amazing, Disney, right? Mark Wahlberg, Greg Kinnear, Elizabeth Banks. I mean, are you kidding me? This is sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Monster Energy. Tear into a can of the meanest energy drink on the planet, Monster Energy. It's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to deliver a big bad buzz that only Monster can. Monster packs a powerful punch, has a smooth, easy drinking flavor. Athletes, musicians, co-eds, road warriors, metalheads, geeks, hipsters, and bikers dig it. You will too. Monster Energy is more than just the green OG. Monster has Monster Ultra, Juice Monster, Monster Hydro, Rehab Monster, Dragon Tea, Monster Max, Muscle Monster, and many more. Buy on Amazon, buy on Walmart, or go to monsterenergy.com and believe me, you'll find a place. Unleash the beast, Monster Energy. In the night football, comparing me to Rocky to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the movie. And uh, that's how this whole, that's how Invincible got started. Hollywood saw it, and one thing led to another. People took risks, and, and here we are. How does it make you feel? <laughs> you know, if you're not from Philly, right, and people out there, you know, don't understand the town, right, the city. Philly always gets a bad rap. The fans are terrible, uh-huh. this or that, bullshit. But, you know, there's legends in Philly, I always call it, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, even though Rocky's this movie, Sylvester Stallone, he's, that's a legendary Philadelphia thing. Um, you know, you've got Mike Schmidt. You've got, you know, you've got, you can go down the list of, of legends in Philly. And people consider you a legend in Philly because of your story, because that people wear, cool. people wear your jersey to Eagles games. Yeah. You'll see 83 yeah. jerseys in the stands. <laughs> what does that make you feel like when, to this day, People are still wearing that jersey. In that like a day. million. Congratulations. Yeah, it, it's so sick. It really is. And you know what I'll do is I, I can't help myself. If I'm walking, if I'm, 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 I'm at the link or at an Eagles game or somewhere, I see somebody with an Eagles jersey. And I always have my sunglasses on, my Eagles hat, you know, and all that. I say, yo, hey, man, that, that jersey, that guy's my favorite player, too. I love him, you know. <laughs> and then eventually they might they might right, sort of catch on. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's you know, when people call me a legend, I actually they have, they have uh, other pro athletes. Hey, man, the legend. You know, I was like, oh, wow. No, are you kidding me? But you're still so grounded yeah. you know well, you're so you're look, so look nice I, and laughing it's like came, none of it got to your look, head nothing look where you know, I came so great from. to see yeah look at I me mean, jesus christ Unbelievable. my french look where i came from yeah and you know and i try to keep my kids the same way and they're very humble and you know the greatest uh, the greatest thing they could say about my kids is just how humble they are and respectful and uh you know and, and they're they care you know and that's that's how and janet you know we never really got into her story but a world-class gymnast coached at the University of Pennsylvania, you know, and, and we'll probably have three again. Cause I was, I was going to say about Janet, you got a little bit of a run for your money. You kidding? <clears throat> when I, when I started, when I clicked on Janet and I saw her portfolio, I said, well, Vince, I don't know, buddy. I don't know who runs the household. <laughs> well, uh, well, you know, as they Click say, on, uh, Janet, yeah, Rob. there it is right there. You know, I, um, I, I'll kick my coverage on that. Janet. It's right next to the invisible uh, store. Yeah. That's yeah. Janet right up there in the, uh, in the upper left-hand corner. Scroll to the bottom. Uh-huh. Yep. And there's look the, at all that. Yeah, I mean, uh, so if you go back up and see that picture up in the upper right-hand corner, that's her when she was 15 years old. Look at her poise and grace. That was at Dallas for the Olympic trials. And she was about ready to go to to Munich, and then she sprained her ankle. She was was well on her way, but... You know, she's coached and taught over the world, and you know, there we. I got so that's 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 our that's our office right in the middle. That's a book that she and I wrote, "Be Invincible," a playbook for reaching your full potential. Go to the top, uh, Rob, yeah. and go to store. 
Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's out there. You can buy it at the store, and I got that, that one. You can't because it's uh, it was self-published. But uh, the last laugh, right there, up in the upper left-hand corner, and I, and I have a book for each one of you guys. Oh, thank by the you. Way. I got one of them. That's Dennis Franks. I lost him last October. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah, to hear he, that. Yeah, my teammate, roommate, best friend. You know, kids, my kids, Godfather. I keep this up. Oh, uh, you know. So, uh, but that, you know, what that is, that the last laugh. So the picture of the last laugh. You guys had it up there. That's once in the Hall of Fame. The picture of the last laugh just led to that. He was too small. He came out of Michigan. Bo Schembeck was his coach. He was the center, oh. long snapper, oh. and I was too old. So he came up with this vision of victory and uh, all these Vs, you know, vehemence, vitality, and some other stuff in between. And then we presented it to very, very famous people, entrepreneurs, coaches, you know, Harbaugh right now, Jim Harbaugh, right? You know, I mean, what he's about maybe ready to do. And, uh, you know, all these guys gave us their stories through our Victor's Code, and that's what that's about. It's, it, it's pretty cool. And then Invincible, uh, the book Invincible, that's, uh, that, that's still available. Disney, uh, I, I really love Disney for doing that because they allowed me to tell the real story, you know, and filled in all the cracks. And, you know, just don't denigrate the movie, which, well, are you kidding me? I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm so proud of it. And how did that come about? Well, how did Invincible, did they call you? Yeah, well, that's the Rocky yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So, the, you know, they, they did that feature on Monday Night Football. Oh, this was cool because Ron Jaworski and Stuart Scott. Oh, Stuart were, Scott. Yeah, you know, my buddy. Oh, yeah, my buddy. Uh, yeah. The other side of it. Yeah, the, it was a cool side, the other side of the pillow. And, uh, oh, man, I love Stuart Scott. And you know, Jaws. you through that, huh? Yeah, even, so, even with the eye, he still didn't, didn't let that get to him. I, I love that you know when yeah. somebody never gives up and you know what he was damn good at what he did too oh he was phenomenal so anyway jaws and uh jaws and stewart uh it's monday night football and the eagles are playing the 49ers and they, the nfl films did this feature comparing me to rocky and uh and they showed it and they're, they're having a good old time you know and jaws yeah <laughs> you know ron he's, he's, okay. you want to you want to interview somebody you ought to interview ron jaworski yeah he, we gotta get him he's a pill man you'd love him and uh, so anyway, they showed the feature, and the next day I'm getting calls from Hollywood. Phew. Yeah, and, and so about six or seven studios called within a matter of a couple, three days, and then we, we settled in with a guy by the name of Ken Mock, uh, who uh, created America's Next Stop Model with Tyra Banks, <laughs> and he says, I got a plan. And so as soon as some that, and Janet went, right, okay, what's your plan? Well, we got this guy, and his name's Brad Gann, and he did the Oscar De La Hoya story, and I'm going to fund him, and he's going to write, and he's going to write a script. And he says, but I need a contract from you to get your anecdotal rights and all that stuff. So we signed a contract with him, and Brad wrote the script, and I looked at it, and it's, uh, you know, okay, you know, it's, this is pretty good, you know, but I, it's, it's missing something. So uh, Janet was on the uh, Olympic Committee, and, it, and the Olympic trials were coming up in California. So we went out to California and went down to, uh, went down to, to Malibu, actually, and had breakfast with, with Brad and Ken. <laughs> and I had a couple Bloody Marys, and all of a sudden, I'm gone, <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm in Hollywood, you know. I'm in yeah. having a great old time. It's, you know. And they, they said, man, where, where's all this coming from? I said, well, we did it all on the phone. There wasn't any Zoom, you know. There was, this is, we're talking 19-whatever it was. Oh, wow. You mean when people really met with each other one-on-one like we are now? Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. So anyway, so so now they redo the script. They came up with a script. And what they did is they gave the script to each. You took it. You took it to Warner Brothers. You took it to Columbia. But the guys that did the movie Miracle and Rookie, Mark and and, and, um, um, Yard and Gordon Gray, the Mayhem Productions, and, and they took it to Disney. And they did Miracle. And they did The Rookie. 
So as soon as Disney looked at it, his oh, we like this. This was you know, and the guy that read the first read it for the first time was a kid from South Philly. Uh, <laughs> oh, I remember Vince Papali, man. He's a legend, right? <laughs> so, yeah, and and, and that, that's how it got started. Next thing you know, uh, you know, we go through the network, and and I, I have to now I have to get an attorney to, to write the, to do the contract with Disney. Oh, was, whoa, I bet that was boy. fun. Oh yeah. my God, yes, yeah, fifty thousand dollars worth of fun. But uh, anyway, it, it worked out. A couple people when they got buried yeah. you know in them contracts with disney and netflix and that yeah. those stacks i mean you know i mean yeah they're here and your lawyer better read through every one of those words right hey hey he had a out the end of his name his name was vinnie vinnie carissimi <laughs> man my man vinnie vinnie magnifying glass is what you need my man <laughs> <laughs> well he did he did a great job and, yeah, and uh we, we 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 signed that contract and and then uh, that happened in in, in uh, 2004 before you know it 2005 we started shooting and and mark Wahlberg becomes me and oh, what a great guy yeah. he is man i'll tell you when did you first meet him i uh, met him and he threw a party for us up in new york uh and right at, right after his finishing fil- filming the, the the departed and uh we had uh, we had all the guys that did friday night lights all the actors oh, all the oh, all the guys wow. that did the four brothers were there oh, uh God. giselle was there Lindsay lohan a whole bunch of his friends and and we're and up there there it's like a reveal party <laughs> right you know yeah. You know, I didn't know what color to wear, so I wear green. You know, I'm being an eagle, and uh, no pink or blue, and, or purple. But uh, so we, you know, and we had this party, and 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 then uh, so after the party's over, it's about twelve o'clock, and Janet says, "So where are we going now?" He said, "What do you mean?" She says, "We don't think this night's over, do you?" And uh, we and we we were up all night, man, and just hanging a good time, and then you know, Mark. Started coming and we started communicating and uh, and he was so close because he was doing some stuff still in New York and Cherry Hill's not that far from it. He actually swung by our house and got to know me a little bit, met the neighbors, which was really cool. Awesome. And uh, and then we uh, for two weeks prior to the filming of the movie. Uh, we had all the football players because they were all arena football league players and, and former NFL guys that didn't have to worry about an NFL contract. Uh, we took them to Northeast High School. And uh, we trained him, and then it was me and, and Jim Jensen, who was Jim slash Jensen from the Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. and, and Mark worked together for two weeks and got him prepared to become an NFL wide receiver. Wow. And I put him through all my drills, and then he, come on, Vinny, let's go, one-on-one, <laughs> one-on-one. Could he, then, do, could he do the drills good? Oh, he was, he was the best. He's in good shape. He um, and such a great attitude, such a great guy. You know, we'd be out, we, I mean, traffic would stop when they saw Warburg, we're walking down Center City, Philadelphia, where people would stop him, and he always had his um, he always had his handler there, bodyguard. You know, the guy was about 12 feet tall. You know? like he, he was like, 400 pounds all muscle, yeah, 2% yeah, body fat. Yeah, the original <laughs> avatar, you know. And, uh, and, and but you know, Mark said, you know, it's, it's all cool. You know, everybody's taking pictures with him and, you know, doing this. He's just just a regular guy, and we, we, still, uh, we still communicate. We text a lot. Every once in a while, we'll throw a face a FaceTime. Message. Isn't his story amazing too? Oh my God, it's you an know? incredible story. Phew. Yeah, you know, it comes up, you know, boy band, all that, yeah. bang, yeah, killer in the movie. I did a great interview with him on set. It's also on YouTube. Just put Papawi Wahlberg on YouTube, and it, it's it's pretty cool. We talk about it all. But he talked, you know, it's really great, and I use it when I when I when I speak. Is he talks about what it took to be the underdog. You know, he felt like he was the underdog, well, yeah. like I was. Yeah. You know, and and he, and he took that attitude, so it worked out pretty nice. When they when they were picking the casts for that movie, 
did they consult you at all? Like, no. <laughs> hey, hey, we've got this guy, this guy, and this guy that's going to play you. Nothing. You just found out it's going to be Mark Wahlberg that's playing you. I found out. You know, I, I, I threw a couple of names in there, you know, with the uh, with the producers. But, you know, guys that I thought, I, I'll just sort of keep it between. Yeah. Uh, I'll just sort of yeah. whatever. But I never... I never really knew much about Mark Wahlberg, you know, and then Marky Mark from the Funky Bunch, my buddy tells me. And, uh, man, he, he was just great. Uh, yeah, I, but they went, they did come to me and they said, well, you know, what were some of your favorite songs? You know, because I wanted to create that soundtrack. So, of course, I had to put Steve Miller band, you know, Fly Like an Eagle. But, uh, you know, I did, all the songs that I picked, they didn't pick one of them, but they bought a soundtrack. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Ted Nugent at the very end was Stranglehold. And uh, I, I can't, one, one night I got a phone call. This guy, and it, you know, he got a hold of me, and he was with Ted Nugent. I'm, spe- I'm there talking to Ted Nugent. I said, are you kidding me? This is so cool. That has I'm, to be so oh, mind-blowing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, because just where we're at now in your life, you, you know, you're in college. You're, then you're, you know, 30 years old, and you make it to the NFL. And, uh-huh. and now you're Rocky, and now a movie. And, and it's just unbelievable, right? It had to have gone like that just because it's, it's almost – just unbelievable, yeah, right? Yeah, it is nuts. And then when you stop with football, you get into radio and, and uh-huh. broadcasting, right? right? Yeah. What did you like better, uh, radio or, or TV? Well, I, the TV was very difficult because I had to produce and write all my own stuff, and it wasn't video like it is now. It was uh, it was tape. Um, you know, it was and so when they were when they were cut, they had to splice it up and physically splice it up. And I'd be there like two minutes before we were on the air, you know, working with an editor and jump on stage. And it was really stressful, you know, because I, you know, I had one TV if I and I'd be trying to watch all these different events, you know, and to pull out the highlights of the events. I, I really liked radio a lot, you know, getting up early in the morning and just just having a good old time, and then your day's done. And, and I liked radio a lot. And I had the opportunity when the Sixers won the world championship with Billy Cunningham as a coach and Dr. J, mm-hmm. you know, and Moses Malone. and Bobby. Moses Malone. Yeah, man, yeah. you know. Yeah. So all those guys. And, and I actually was the sports director for the flagship station that won that. So I got to do some pre- and post-game stuff. And, and I, one, of the best, one of the best things ever happened with the biggest get was to get a, a one-on-one with Sylvester, with, uh, with, with, um, Dr. J, Julia Serving. Oh, wow. And because uh, nobody, he says, you know, he was going to shut out from the press. And I went up to him and was, yo, Doc, what do you say? You and me, baby. And he, and he just said, Vince, he says, I got to honor my commitment to these guys. And then about 10 minutes later, this huge hand, you know, I mean, a hand like you can't even imagine. He said, come on, I'll give you five minutes. And we went back and I got five minutes. How cool was that? With, wow. with Julia Serving. How you know? cool was that? Yeah, man? you know, it was cool, you know, when they were playing the Lakers and, you know, you know, he's now with, he's now with Miami, you know, I'm talking about was the head coach there with a Pat yeah, Riley. Pat, Pat Riley, Riley yeah. yeah. I had a one-on-one with Pat Riley. What was that like? Yeah, it was just so cool. Yeah, you know, he knew, I, no, no invincible, he knew I played a little bit of ball, but, you know, it was just, he was the nicest, most respectful guy, and uh, just was one of the most fun things I've ever done. So, yeah, radio was really cool, and it, and it set me up, you know, school teaching set me up, radio set me up, TV set me up for what I do now for a living, and that's how I speak around the country, all over the world. And I and I used some of those things that I was taught, and I I learned I learned, and I was taught by the best. I had the best mentors ever, in all those um, all those professions, and uh, and I'm using it to my advantage right now, which is pretty cool. I always wonder how you guys do. This episode is sponsored by Aurora. Do you know what the fastest growing crime in America is? For years, this crime rate has been surging and affecting millions of Americans. I'm talking about identity theft, and there's a new victim every 14 seconds. 
Yet despite this, those who have had their identity stolen are often shocked when it happens. That's why I'm excited to partner with Aurora, who is sponsoring this video. Aurora is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all into one easy-to-use app. Their VPN allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. Protect you and your family from America's fastest-growing crime. Try Aurora for free for two weeks and see if you or anyone in your family's personal information has been compromised. Start your free trial today. Go to aurora.com MSCS. The link is in the description below. This episode is brought to you by Fiji. More than just water. This is not just rock. It's ancient volcanic rock that filters tropical rain, giving it double the electrolytes and its signature soft, smooth taste. It's not just water. It's Fiji water. Fever. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, and so one time, and Dick Vermeer was in center field, he didn't, and he was there for practice one time. You love this story. So I told, I says, come on. I said, run, I'm going to rub Vermeer. I said, just run a post. Run me in a post right past Vermeer. <laughs> and I'm running like hell. And then, and then I, and I, watch out, coach. You know, and I, and I sort of just gave him a little touch. Yeah. And, and, and he goes back, and he, he said, man, if I didn't know any better, I'd swear you were Vince Papali. And I took my helmet off and had to die. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. But, you know, the offensive coordinator gave me the game plan. The defense coordinator gave me his game plan i'm out there in the field running scout against their defenses and the scout the, the, and, the, and the head our head scout would give me his analysis of everything and then dick from and me set that set up the board it was so much fun they called me the paper man because the side window where the, where the window <laughs> was you know was all full of all my papers and all my notes you know i mean I like that i didn't have we didn't have producers we just did it on our own yeah that's it was I really because cool. you didn't have computers you, nah. didn't, you didn't have a you know nah. somebody wiring in your ear nah. i would think nah. that would be harder so it was talking cool. in my ear while i'm trying to yeah, watch the yeah. game I, I never did that yeah I just, that would mess me yeah, up yeah mess me up these guys are so good now it's amazing and then unfortunately and my mom went through it too you had a uh, colorectal cancer uh -huh. one right yeah. my mom had colon she had yeah. the same thing but she waited till forever she was one of the stubborn you know our uh -huh. stubborn italian woman she waited till stage five could not go to the bathroom at all uh, we took her to a special doctor in Maryland. Uh, you got a one, she got a 2000 and they had a cut and they got it all out. But uh, wherever the, it was so big that it had cut part of the nerve uh -huh. uh, where she peed. And, you know, she was very embarrassed to ever go out because she couldn't tell when she had to pee. Oh. So and all my mom ever did was eat steak and pasta. That was her entire <laughs> life with her friends. Okay. So when she couldn't go out for like two years, she was really uh, not really down. And but then it, it started to regenerate. But later on, the stent is what ended up uh, getting her uh, too many infections. Yeah, well, now, I, got, I got lucky. I got it early enough, and I just they just did a resection. They, it's like taking a take, taking a hose and resectioning a hose. Now, what were some symptoms that you noticed, and then you started doing commercials for none, uh, the hospital? No, no, right? I was asymptomatic. That's wow, the crazy fuck. thing. You know, every once in a while I feel a cramp in my stomach, but I just thought it was just typical, you know, this is what happens when you're wow. 40 years old. or No, I was 50-something. You know, I just figured it's mm -hmm. just part of what, you know, it's part of part of growing up. And uh, then, you know, Janice says you better get a colonoscopy. And, you know, my, my man up there at Jefferson Hospital, he found it, Tony and Fanalino, and they, they found the polyp, and it was totally encapsulated and no chemo, no radiation. Good for you. Uh, took you know, take eight, they took uh, about 16, 18 inches out, 
and uh, you know, put it back together. I said it's like just resectioning a hose, wow. and uh, nothing afterwards. You know, so fine. So now every five years, I you know, I got one, <laughs> I got one coming up in the next couple of months. So we'll see. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah man. Mm-hmm. How often would you recommend someone, and at what age to start getting? Well, checked? now they're saying forty-five. Is that what they're you know, saying? Yeah, now? they're saying forty-five. So, uh, you know, forty-five, fifty. Obviously, if you have history within the family. Uh, you want to go back, you know, maybe even a little bit quicker than that. And then, um, you know, it's usually about a five-year span, you know, before the polyps, when if any develop, you know, whether they get cancerous. So I'm in that fifth year right now, so I'm, I'm ready to go. But the last, last one I did, uh, they couldn't even see where they did the resectioning. Mm-hmm. Couldn't even, they couldn't even see the scar tissue. Wow. They did such a great job. So, you know, and I went to a teaching hospital. I had the great, greatest care ever. I was back, supposed to be out out in in uh, you know these ten days, and they did it. They did it laparoscopically, you know. So I didn't even have an incision. Wow! They just took it right out through my navel, which was pretty cool. Then after two and a half, three eight, three days, I'm I'm just walking the hallway, <laughs> you know. I'm counting, I'm counting the tiles, and 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 they said we gotta get you out of here, you know. <laughs> so then after three weeks, three days, I was out, and it was funny because I went right right from there. I went down to shore. I went to Ocean City, mm-hmm. and I'm on I'm on the uh, I'm on the boardwalk, and I'm riding my bike. And who do I bump into? Is Jay Wright, he's basketball coach yeah. at Villanova, oh. you know, who Jay worked for me when I was when I was with the Stars when he graduated from college. Jay and I are like this, and uh, hey man, didn't I? What, 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 what? Yeah, I said yeah, yeah. It is what it is. So. Yeah, I got lucky. Yeah, yeah. wow. Congratulations, yeah. really, again on yeah, that. Man, thanks. Because that could have, if Janet wanted to you to go, who knows? Who knows, yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And hey, when you go through something like that and, and you get past it, do you have a different outlook on life? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, you appreciate it like you can't imagine. Because you never know. Because yeah. then, then you get a taste of what the end is, right? Yeah, and then, you know, I, I, I waited so long to have children, and I've got Gabrielle and Vinny right there, and they're, they're three and six when I'm going through all this stuff. Yeah. and. I'm looking at them and just saying, my God, you know, am I ever going to see them again? And, well, they're, they're stuck with me for a while. <laughs> Here we are. And then once you get past that, where do you go to next? Do you start really doing a lot of speaking or? or well, I did. You... I was doing, I was doing, uh, you know, the I was doing a little bit of speaking, not too much. You know, the legend hadn't hit yet. You know, I, I was the same guy. But, um, you know, it, the, the, I was doing uh, sales and marketing for a, a mortgage company. I was doing funky mortgages. And then the guy who was the CEO of that became the CEO of Sally May, the world's largest yeah, yeah, for all. student loans, you know. You hear a lot about student loans now. What now, we, back then when you were working with Sally May, what was your role? And, and I, was a, uh, I, I was a – I was – Congratulations. Yeah. I used to run – I used to run the Northeast region. Yeah, and then uh, and and then um, and then the movie came out, you know. So then they basically said, well, you know, all of a sudden I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sort of <laughs> not around a lot, you know. So uh, we we worked out a deal, and I was able to retire from Sally May, and then I went right from when the movie. I just got right into the speaking side of things. So you know, I'm still pretty busy. So it's pretty cool. And I'll, then, I'll go right home after I do this. I'll I'll go and start working on a PowerPoint I'm going to be doing for presentation next week up in the, up in in, in, in the Jersey. In Jersey? I'm not Jersey, no, Florida. That's right. We're in Florida, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I live here, don't I? Yeah. I'm in Palm Beach. Jesus, yeah. oh my God. You kidding we'll, me? We'll, we'll cut this part. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's so cool, the uh, Papali group, that you kept that within yeah. the family. Can you pull that uh, tab yeah. up? And we have a little bit here, you know, three states. Oh, there's a picture. Yeah, yeah there, there's a picture right there that's in the Hall of Fame. 
And uh, yeah, that's our Papali group, and uh, that's the uh, that's the Union League. They allowed us to take some shots there, and you can, that that's me there, and let's see, my daughter is right behind in the white. My son Vinny, that's him in the left. Yeah, that that's that's my Vinny, and he actually came up with it. And then we have teammates around in in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and uh, Florida, and um, and now and we have a new teammate up in Jacksonville. And uh, and so that's that's our that's our team, the Papelli Group. So um, scroll we, through that a little bit, Rob, and click on some of the yeah, tabs. Yeah, we we like to think that that's it's 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 invincible at heart, realtors you can count on. And Janet's got forty years experience, but Vinny came up with the idea. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he came up. He's sort of entrepreneurial, and you know, he's working on his MBA, his masters, and playing the USFL, you know, and doing whatever he does. He trains, but you know, that's us. That's that's what we're doing. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. And then when did you start the podcast? Uh, well, we just, Gabby and I just have a couple in the can. We've been thinking about it for a while, but she was making the transition from working with the 76ers into real estate. And um, we, um, and so we put a couple in the can now. So actually it's there and, it, and it's going to come out right after the holidays. And, uh, you know, it's going to be her millennial. She's not a Gen Xer. She's sort of a millennial. It's going to be her point of view as opposed to my point of view with some uh, top people that are coming in, you know, we, we know who we're going to be getting and and it'll be a lot of fun. So it's gabbing. My daughter's Gabriella gabbing with invincible. And uh, there she is right up there. So that's my baby. That's my New Year's Eve baby. I used to uh, call it. I used to call her TD. I went, oh, and that's so cute. You named your little girl after football. I said, no, she was born on New Year's Eve, man. She's my tax deduction. <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> but you were doing uh uh, invisible inside videos, right? You did do those. Well, I'm starting to do that now. You know, we have Re Rebecca Chalsom, who's now, she's our coordinator, and she's helping us out with the social media aspect of things. So every Monday, you can go to invincibleinsight.com. Yeah, can you pull that up? And, and, I'll, and I'll, come out, I'll, I'll come out with something. Yesterday, I, I, I just talked about, you know, the, the gift of giving, you know, with all the presents coming out. You know, the best present you can give is the gift of giving. Oh, yeah, there's and invisible inside. Yeah, that's, that's the Papali group. And it, and it all came about because I just did a uh, I just did a fundraiser, big fundraiser for the cops, COPS, the Concerns of Police Survivors. So you know these are some of my invincible insights, and and um, you know I'll talk about potential opportunity, those kinds of things. Oh, and, Pat Croce, man. Yeah, there's there's my guys. You know, there's Wahlberg, Pat, Ray Dittinger, Hall of Famer. So yeah. yeah. So they come out. They come out on Mondays, and you know it's just a way to sort of stay alive and, and to start taking advantage of the uh, social media aspect of things. And you know, so, and then I you know I jump back on Twitter, so I do stuff, do some stuff there. But you know, just try to just try to do whatever I can to make people feel good about themselves, because right now is a very trying time. There's a big storm, <laughs> big storm out there, baby. You know, <sighs> we got to we got to get through this. We get through it together. We get through it with love. Look at life as a locker room. That's how we ought to look at life, and everything would be really, really much better. That's right. That's right. Now, when you started seeing the, not to go negative, but when you started to see the uh, team changing their names, mm -hmm. did you cringe? A little bit. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, I don't think it was offensive. Of course, I'm not indigenous or I'm not one, one of them. And, and, and I didn't see it as, as being offensive. And, you know, talking to some of the organizers and, and saying it was never that intention. But, hey, listen, that's the way it's going right now. So if you, you know, if you offend somebody, uh, I guess you, get, you just got to roll with the punches, you know. And as players, you just got to go out there and play. So, yeah. you know, hey, it's like, I don't care what you call me, just call me. 
And um, yeah, but you know, some of those uh, landmark teams that are no longer that, that have that name, but. Especially the Redskins. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. you know, I know a lot of uh, Indian people and a lot of Indian people that live on those uh, reservoirs and they, they loved being the Washington Redskins. It gave them a, a name. It gave them mm-hmm. something, you know, so, and I don't know. Well, I've been out to a few reservations. Uh, yeah. And in, in, in the Dakotas and yeah. And, and one in Texas and. You know what a what a just a great group of people to work with. You know, so I love it. You know, you get a different perspective and point of view as the way things are. You know, so well you got to respect everybody. You know, and and um, you know, right now it seems like uh, this the small minor- minority is is um, in, not in terms of race or anything like that. You know, just in terms of numbers are um, you know sort of ruling the roost a little bit. You know, and and uh, you know it's, it's we're all in this together. You know, we're all in this together, so we got to stay as one. Now, versus when you were playing to now, were the games rigged a lot when you were playing? <laughs> and what do you think about now, or you have no comment? No, I don't know. I, I, I don't see games rigged now. Not even now? No. Not at all? No. Not a little bit of calls? Not a little bit of calls. Not even a tiny bit? <laughs> Not even a tiny bit. No? No. no. I'm, I'm, the, I'm that Geico guy, man. You know, plead, the me. plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. I'm not going to plead the fifth. <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> no? Really? No, I don't see it. I never, never, never even thought about it then, you know, not the way our guys played. We'd have killed somebody. Might <laughs> <laughs> have to rig that one, right? Yeah, well, boy, you know, we, we, you talk about locker room law, you know, the locker room rule. Yeah. Now, and what do you think about uh, college? Do you think the players should get play, uh, paid no, or do you no, think, no. what about money in a trust fund? Uh, maybe a trust fund, yes, but something right now that they can dig into and, and go just by ruin their lives. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think I don't, I don't see how that creates a, a, a camaraderie in the locker room. You know, I mean, it's it's different when you're a pro; you're expected to get paid. You know, and and they still get their they they still get their stipends. You know, like when Vinny was in college, he got a stipend, which was very very helpful, and we appreciated it very much. But uh, you know, now, <laughs> wow. Well, even now, like when you get to the NFL, NBA, how many players can we think of that got big contracts that ruined their life because they didn't have proper management, you know, proper people handle around them? The biggest thing I used to see before was the people that they hung out with. You know, they would go pro. Friends that I I went to school with, they would go pro, and I'd see them. One kid, Jaron Hayes, he went full pro. Miami went to Michigan State running back yeah, mm-hmm. and he kept hanging out with the same people that he hung out with in high school that I hung out with uh, and two years in that was it got hooked on drugs and that was the end yeah that'll kill you you know so listen I worked with a lot of agents back in the day after I retired I did a really cool thing I insured professional athletes contracts against career-ending injuries mm-hmm. and a lot of times I would have to deal with the agent yeah, if you could talk to me about that, because I think that was that's a really cool thing that you did, yeah. how you did it, and how you wrote it up, and elaborate a little bit on that, because well, I think a lot of guys need that. Well, they had uh, what what it was against a permanent total disability, so you had to be out out of the game, and you had had two doctors declare that you could no longer play because of that injury. So that portion of your contract that wasn't guaranteed by the collective bargaining agreement, which back then. Uh, there was a series of contracts. You know, it wasn't a five-year, four-year deal. It was a series of one, um, one-year contracts. And so, the first year, the, the the year you were in, you got full value. Let's say it was a hundred thousand dollars. If the second year's contract was worth two hundred dollars, and you got injured through the season, 
um, and, and then you lost year number three, you lost year number four, uh, let's say three or four hundred dollars respectively. So we're total, let's say, of about six or seven hundred thousand. We could insure that six or seven hundred thousand dollars through Lloyd's of London. And it wasn't all that expensive. And I had to go through agents a lot of times to do it. And sometimes the agents, which were sort of, um, sort of pissed me off, actually, because they wanted a kick from my commission. And they're already getting it from the, from the salary from the ball player. They wanted to double And that's, that's what I'm looking. And I never said anything to the ball player, but I'm thinking, man, I don't know if you got the right guy. And, uh, you know, you've seen some of them. But, you know, now the NFL and the NFL Players Association is keeping a close eye on these agents. But what a program it was. I used to insure, I used to insure planes in the event a plane would go down. I mean, thank God that's never happened. I insured surgeons' uh, hands, uh, heart surgeons' really? hands. That's and interesting. I, yeah, that's and, a great idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. I insured. Uh, I, I insured singers' voices all through Lloyd's of London. That is so. Uh, smart. Yeah, but the most important thing was the athletes. And it, uh, here's a great one, like Jim McMahon. I insured the entire uh, the entire uh, Senior Bowl. So anybody that played in the Senior Bowl, um, if they got injured in that week that they were there and they couldn't play in the NFL, they would get a five hundred thousand dollar cash settlement. They'd have to go through the two doctors and this and that, but tax-free cash, is wow. cash, and they didn't have to pay for it. The senior ball and the sponsors paid for it, which was pretty cool. So now they wanted Very Jim. Cool. They wanted Jim McMahon to play in the senior ball. So, but he didn't. They, they did. You know, his agents didn't. Well, you know, gets injured. You know, his his initial contract's going to be more than five hundred thousand dollars. What we were able to do, we were able to ensure his future value. As a professional athlete, I'll just throw a number out. Let's say a five five million dollars. So we were able for that week to insure him for five million dollars, and he played in the Senior Bowl. And a couple of NBA and free agents, they found out about what we could do, and so that what they did was they would play their free agency out, and then we would insure their future value, what they were going to try to get with their new contract. Let's say it's five, ten, fifteen, twenty million dollars. We would insure that through Lloyd's, and um, wow. wow, good yeah, move, it was, huh? It was pretty cool. Yeah. So what happened? Uh, we we sort of we, get, we sort of got schnookered, you know. A uh, a company came in and they, they, uh, got, formed a little partnership with us, and. You know, I no longer was a part of the game, but that's all right. I learned a lot, and uh, you know, did some. I, I think I helped a lot of athletes out. You know, gave them that yeah. that uh, saved their security. Lives. You know, yeah. that security to be able to go out and, and move forward. Now, when you now now that you're not playing anymore, you could say it. Who was your favorite player in the NFL when you were playing? Now, Ron, step Ron, step back. Favorite player? Well, other than Danny Franks, you know, my teammate, roommate. Oh, Ron, without a doubt, Ron Jaworski. Yeah, yeah, Jaws. yeah. No question about it, Jaws. Yeah, he was the man. Who's your favorite player today playing? Uh, Jason Kelsey. Yes, Jason. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a man. You know, he's all that. I mean, the guy, you know, I know what a center goes through because of all the time I spent with Dennis. But, I mean, he is the heart and soul of the Philadelphia Eagles and Philadelphia. He gets it. Yep. He really gets it. And I'm not saying other guys don't get it. But, unequivocally, it's Jason Kelsey. No question in my he's- mind. It's him. It's amazing because my my son's in high school now and he plays center and uh, he's undersized for his position. And I always tell him to watch the way Jason Kelsey plays and the shit that that guy had to go through too. You're not big enough. You'll never make it. And he's – I don't think he's missed a game in like however many years. He's plays on the offensive line. You always get hurt. He hasn't missed a game. He'll he'll tape up his ankle and go back in the game. Well, isn't that how it used to be? Yeah, well, that's what it is. Hey, you know, give me the shot. Let's go. Let's go. That's the way the game was played. 
And so. then you got a lot of credit for uh, Jeff Thomason, right? Uh, for helping him and and his skills and everything else. Well, whatever you know, he's just that's that's what it's, it's that's what the, the last invincible insight was with giving, whatever I have. You know, I, I was playing golf the other day with a with a young man who's got a couple kids that are wide receivers. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, I could show him some pretty cool drills that I showed Wahlberg. And he said, really? And I got a text from him last night. I won't mention his name, but I got a text from him last night. He said, Did you really mean it? You know, and, and, you know, he lives up in Hope Sound and I'm in Jupiter. He's like, you know, 15 minutes. I was, I'll be there in a heartbeat to help you out. But that's, that's, yeah. That's what it's all about, right? Paying it forward. You know, I get people call me all the time, say, hey, I'm with somebody. They're a big Vince McPowey fan. Will you talk to him? Yeah, why not? Now with your son, did he was he into football early? Oh yeah, always, always. Oh yeah, and and you just trained him, taught him what you knew, and well, then you I, from that. Yeah, well, I coached him, uh, you know, little league because I saw you know some of the little league coaches were a little bit too rough, and uh, and and I, and Vinny had some, and he was a very sensitive kid. He had special skills, um, and and he was very very gifted, and he has mother's genes, you know, and and I just wanted to protect him. I didn't I didn't I didn't want him to be used. So I, I coached him at those early ages and, and uh, you know, went through all the drills that I gave. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in fundamentals. And, you know, I like to think now that he's as fundamentally sound as anybody out there. You know, but, but yeah, that that a lot of us have, uh, you know, you have to have. It's that, that spatial awareness, you know. You have to understand what's going on around you. Uh, one thing I could do that I don't know how I, it was a God-given gift. I could read a defense. I come off the line of scrimmage and I'd see cover two. I'd see cover four. I'd see I'd see everything, and it's one of the reasons why I made the team. You know, I, I made the team first as a receiver, then a special teamer. So in your mind, you're very visual. So I'm a very visual. Yeah, I, I don't miss too much. You know, I'll, I'll see a lot. I don't say it, but I, I there's not too much that I miss. You know, and it's just. I don't know. And then Vinny got it. And our daughter, Gabrielle, is a great athlete and went to Syracuse, you know, and, you know, she did a lot of stuff for the NBA and, and the Sixers. And now she's working with. Yeah, us. talk a little bit about Gabrielle. She did a lot with the Sixers. Oh, man. Yeah, she did all the, all the entertainment. To, uh, yeah, uh, Gabrielle. Yeah, all the, all the entertainment, you know, on anything you saw on the court. That was Gabby. And then uh, the, N the NFL, the NBA took her to China, took her to England, and, and she was stage manager for some of the events yeah, there. I saw they took her to China. And, uh, yeah, and, that, and, was, that was pretty cool. And the NBA cool. is huge in China. Yeah, and yeah. she did a couple all-star games. So she said one of the funniest things, she was, she was doing the one, and she was there, and there was, there was uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say any names, but some of the biggest stars ever in the NBA, and she's there trying to rouse them up, and they're just looking at her and laughing, you know, and having a good old time. She said she had a ball. And, you know, and by the way, I do like LeBron. I'm, I was just making the example earlier yeah. that he went from different teams. I don't want anybody to think. Hey, I love. I like LeBron too. I'm yeah. saying the guy. He's taking advantage of the, uh, of the so system. What he's allowed to do. Right? What's wrong with that? No. You know, I mean, listen. He gave. He 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 got the championship. You know, he he's, he's delivered what he said he was going to deliver. If he didn't deliver, that's a whole different story. But he delivered, and then he goes on. So hey, God bless him. You know, it's just that in college. Uh, it's it's sort of you know the college these guys just keep jump from one school to the next you can't keep right. track of it. I, I just sort of wish it were the way it used to be. But I'm old school, so what do I know? Yeah, well you know like they they I think the NBA put in you have to go to college for a year. Yeah, right. Yeah, Can you go right from high school to the NFL? No, no you have I, to go. I think you have to have at least three years in college. Do you think that's yeah. how it should be? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well you know maturity of the body. You know some are extremely mature coming out eighteen twenty. 
But uh, yeah, that's just maturity. And I just think it's good that they, you know, get those skills and, you know, get a little bit stronger. And also mentally, right? Because, yeah. you know, you walk into a contract, you know, it's 18 years old for $30 million, you know, $40 million. And, you know, yeah. now Gatorade comes, Nike comes. Yeah. You know, that's a lot to be at 18. That extra two years of college, three years, to me, I think there's as bad as you would want to go at 18, you know, of course, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because how if you get injured? Yeah. But I think overall it's better that you would go at least do two years, right, and get some type of base about what you're about to be up against. Mm -hmm. Because when you get to a professional level, it's a whole new ball game than college and everything else because your whole life changes, uh, you know, managing a relationship. How hard is that? Oh, it's very difficult. You know, for me, it's just, you know, managing relationships. There's a lot of people who are tugging on you, and that's difficult. Then there's a lot of time-consuming things. And then there's the injury factor, you know. there. I, I just remember a couple of times coming home from training camp. I slept almost for two days in a row. Uh, you know, I was just exhausted after that. You know, so it's just adjustments you have to make. I was talking my, to Janet the other night, D Doug Peterson, you know, he's now got the head coaching job up there at Jacksonville. And we've been together with – he's – you know, we've been together with Doug since 99. And um, and it, I asked him when he was the, the new head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles and, and what the adjustment was that he had to make. And basically exactly what you said, you know, about the time having to be spent as a head coach, but then all the other responsibilities that you have to have with the owner, with the general manager, with the scouts, with the press, you know, and all these other – and then with the players, you know, if you're the receivers coach, you're dealing with the receivers, but now you've got everybody, you know, and you got to keep, and then you, every once in a while you get a cancer in the locker room. What do you do about that, you know? And, you know, that's pretty much what happened and why Doug was no longer with the Eagles because that, you know, so it, it's, it's such a difficult thing and so much responsibility and so much that's expected of you. And, you know, you really have to be strong mentally, I think, to, to succeed. And, and to survive in that. Hey, there's a great article right now, Rod Luck. You know, he was talking about, I mean, not not uh, uh, not Rod, um, Andrew, Andrew Luck, you know, quarterback out there in, oh, yeah. in, in Indy, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, he was talking about the injuries that he had, and then he, he, he came out. I just read it this morning as I was, before I came in here, and he was just talking about the mental strain that it, that it was and how difficult it was because he felt that he not only had to um, satisfy himself, but he, you know, he had other, uh, other responsibilities, you know, those from the fans, you know, from the ownership, from his teammates and his coaches, and, you know, the pressure that he puts on himself. His father was a coach, and... You know, it was, it was very introspective, and I'm really glad that he came out with that. You know, I always think of as Andy Reid. Yeah. I mean, imagine how tough time he had. Yeah. You know, he comes, you know, becomes a professional uh, coach for the Eagles, has a tough time in the playoffs, and then, you know, if you're in the limelight, your family's in the limelight yeah. too, then everything with his son, and, you know, I, I just felt terrible for oh, it's, him. Yeah, it's horrible, you know, and you just, but the only one that can really understand is him. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, like my kids, you know, was, you know, it's nothing like what Andy had to deal with, but the bullying and the things that they had to deal with, Gabrielle and Vinny, you know, because of Invincible, you know, they're skilled and they're, 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 they're successful and they've done it on their own. You know, if anything, I pull back. You know, I don't ever want to say, hey, he used, you know, used the invincible thing. Well, I, I don't know. That's He's got to earn it, and they, they've got to do it, she's got to do it on their own. But, you know, when they made the switch from public school to a private school, you would think everything would be nice and safe. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, social media comes out, sure. and my daughter's, and then Vinny's 
when he's playing wide receiver and, you know, a couple of the, you know, the people, he was challenging some people and they took offense to it and it wasn't easy. But, you know, it made him tougher. Yeah. And uh, now they're in the real world and uh, they're ready for it. And, and, and I think that toughened it up. You know, I could use my mother's mental illness and my father's not being uh, the most loving guy in the world because, you know, he's, you know, his background, his father was a pig farmer and, you know, and he, tough guys, yeah, so. he's just a tough guy, you know, and he's trying to make money to put food on our table. I could use that as an excuse for failure. But the way I look at it, I use that as, as, as a, um, that's something I can look back that strengthened me, you know, because then I realized how, how important it is to have relationships and people outside and have diversions that get you away from stuff like that. Mental illness back then is a stigma. Now it's, everybody's talking about it. And, Why do you uh, think that is? Well, it's just the way it is. You know, it, it's just the way that we're brought up now. You know, things are so much more open. Back then, everything, you know, like your mother, you were saying, you know, it's just, that's the Italian way. You know, you just hold everything. Hold that in. Yeah, you would have thought my mom had one cent to her name. Yeah. And she saved everything. When she passed, she didn't have one cent. I'm not saying she was a gazillionaire, but, you know, she was one of those women, you didn't know anything. And, like, when she was sick, to the point where she didn't go to the bathroom, Vince, for a month, she didn't tell anybody. Mm. She waited until that long. just, But that was just her nature, you know, stubborn. Yeah. Just doesn't talk, but that's the Italian way. But uh, hey, a lot of people, you know, depending on whatever whatever your background is and whatever your lineage is, um, it's it's just there's so much more information out there, and and people are 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 not uncomfortable talking about this kind of thing. Look, I I went through a stage, you know, and then I, then I, you know I was I was I was relationships. I was this is the phone. I was, maybe I'm the guy. You know, I could be so I sought help. And, and then who comes walking into my life 29, 30 years ago? But Janet. Boom. Boom. Outkicked my coverage totally. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there she is. And then, you know, coach. And, you know, next thing we start work, working together and she's coaching me. And, you know, uh, my, my speeches and all this stuff, you know, how to be, you know, do this. I mean, she's what an impact that she's made on my life. Because what fun is it if you don't have somebody special that you love to enjoy it with, Oh, right? my God. And, you know, and, 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 you know, when it's just her and me, you'd swear we're in the locker room. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Siri or, or, or Alexa must be having a ball listen to some <laughs> of our conversations because, you know, you know what I'm saying, Rob? Uh, and you just, know what, Vince, that's one thing you can't buy, right? No, that man. You can't buy that. It's earthy, <laughs> you know, as it should be. And, you know, and, and, and it's all on the table. And we really have some great conversations and, and it's fun. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, because I, I can tell you, you just got such a big heart. <laughs> well, I just love people. Who's the best quarterback of all time? Rob, don't say anything. Uh, best quarterback, without a doubt, you know who it is. He's that guy up in Tampa. Ah, he said. That's right. Always yeah. we we do this still, all the time. I still say Joe Montana, me. But well, with Montana, I tell you, yeah, yeah, I tell you, Joe. Joe was Joe. I, I was at a I was at an autograph signing one time, and and I was out and wherever I was, oh, up by the Meadowlands, and and the, you know they, they have all these big stars here, and I don't even know why I'm there. And at any rate, the guy says, hey, somebody really would like to meet you. And I said, yeah, who's that? And they said, his name's Joe. I said, well, Joe, why? Is it Joe Montana. I said, what? <laughs> yeah, Joe Montana, man. He's, I love his new commercial. That's pretty cool. I saw that. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. My mother only slept with one guy, you know, my father, but the three guys she would always talk about, Joe Montana, 
George Clooney, yeah, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, really? Isn't that funny? Roethlisberger. Yeah, she thought really? he was really. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. That was the only guy she would ever say. Really? Uh, <laughs> now, how about the Eagles uh, Pittsburgh matchup when you were playing? Uh, not what nothing crazy. No, nah, nothing crazy because I love the Steelers, you know. And Denny Franks was from Pittsburgh. He was from Bethel Park. So I, I, I loved the Steelers. I, I, I remember Robin Cole just banging the crap out of me as I was covering the kickoff. <laughs> I'm running up, the, I'm running up the sideline, and he's just hammering me, and he's just running. He's like, you know, doing crossovers, and I'm sprinting like I'm in a 220 or a dash, and uh, I knew it was time to retire. But no, I, I loved it. I loved the Steelers. They were my fav- my second favorite team. So not nothing big, you know. I didn't, I didn't buy that, you know, state. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, this was what it was. Did you prefer playing in the cold or the heat? If you had oh, a pick, the heat all day long. The heat all day long. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. nobody ever drowned in sweat. <laughs> that, one of the quotes. Yeah. Shit, I would have thought the other way around. The cold hurts when you. Get oh man, yeah. I tell you, I played in Minnesota one time. Oh Ooh, man, I take man that outside on, in the stadium, and you know, and they had this. We're on the, both on the same same side of the field, so you're split by fifty yard line. At fifty um, on the fifty yard line, and and we're we're there. We have our space heaters and all that stuff, and and the Vikings over there. No, they, no, no, no space heaters, no nothing, no gloves. Did they test for steroids then? I don't know. No. That means no, no. I I don't think I don't think that it's a bad thing personally. No, no, I think it helps no. you heal. You know, I think if taken correctly, I don't I don't think it should be illegal for no, no. professional athletes. No. personally. Hey, you know, it was pretty free back then, so they didn't, you know, no blood tests and stuff like that. So, Well, I mean, I think it helps with recovery and prevents yeah. injury and, and everything else. Well, we had our trainers. Our trainers were the best. I'll tell you, well, we had the best athletic training staff, I think, in the NFL. Now, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? Well, who do you think do I think? I hope you say A-G-L-E-S. Eagles, baby. I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm just... I'm for Brady. Uh, well, no, yeah, well, that's I don't know if they're even going to get into the playoffs. I, I, you know? I don't know. Yeah, it saddens me, you know, to see him. He's just, he's, well, yeah. Now, from being in the NFL and, you know, the mindset, how much do you think that divorce and all that has affected him, or is he such a professional, do you think he's able to block that out and he just has a shit line this year? I don't know. You know, that's a tough question, and I wouldn't speculate on anything with him because uh, one of the things you've got to be able to do when you're that great an athlete, you're the greatest of all time, you have to be able to compartmentalize. But, you know, it's it's just so open. You know, again, you know, it's like the stigma of mental illness back there. And now there's this, you know, there's you know something going on at one of the networks. I mean, it's just always it's out there. I, I don't I don't know how it, it can't somehow creep in there, you know, like Here that crack there, in the right? door right yeah. there. You know, that maybe there's a little something, you know. It's, so but uh, you, you like to think that he's so much a pro. But, you know, uh, I don't I don't know Tom all that well. But um, I, I would like to think that he's able to compartmentalize it. And it's just, it, it's, you know, whatever it is, whatever the relationship you're going through, it's just so sad that it has to be so yeah. open. That's what I was going to say. You years know. ago, I mean, if, if that's personable. I mean, him and his wife decided to separate, but now the whole world knows, and it's in the limelight, and that sucks. Like, that's your personal life, and everybody's commenting on it, and TV shows are leading with it, and... And his poor kids too. His kids got to probably see this stuff. You know, they're younger, but still, like, that that sucks. Yeah, I, I can't imagine going through something like that. And I met I met Giselle, right? You know, this is right after she went. I think she and Leonardo had broken up. She was at that party that that Mark. She was so sweet, you know, and really really nice lady. 
But uh, you know, I don't know anything other. I don't. I know nothing other than that. You know, so you know, it's you'd have to ask Tom, I guess. But you know, he'll say, "No, it's, it's this is the way it is." You know, I'll deal with it. But yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the game out out there these days. You know, a lot of pressures. You know, that we never had to deal with, and one of them obviously was the, the immediate information flow. You know, you look, and John Clark, I love John Clark, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, John Clark's one of our guys. He's a Delco guy. I'm a Delco guy. And you look at Instagram, and there's John Clark, man. He's covering all the sports, and he's right on it. And I like I like some of that stuff, and, and it's all positive. That's what I like about John Clark. Mm -hmm. But you could be that anti-John Clark, mm -hmm. you know? You come up with all that negative crap, and, and you throw it out there on Instagram or Twitter, and poof, two seconds. It's right there. All this is that what the wokeism is? I, I still I don't, don't even know what woke is. Do you believe that? I, I still don't even really know what it is. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get into that. Yeah, it's forget just, all that. Yeah. What, what, sorry, what, what do you think about just the Philadelphia fan base in general? Um, you know, playing, being a fan yourself, then playing for that team. You know, like we said earlier, they always get the bad rap through through uh, snowballs at Santa Claus or batteries, and Michael Irvin cheered when he hurt his neck, and hear all this bad stuff. But I always say, like, it's a blue collar town. They pay their money to go see a game, their hard earned money, and they expect you to win, and they make you stronger. I think personally, you got to take some shit from them, right? But at the end of the day, I think they're going to make you. They're going to give you tough skin. Yeah, they're loyal, you know, and and, and I know I I was there for that. I was there, Franklin Field, for the snowball game. And that guy deserved. Wow. He deserved to get snowballs thrown out. <laughs> you know, so he was, you could pull that off. He was a yeah. he was a twenty. He was a hundred. He was a hundred and twenty pound skinny drunk guy that was out there harassing the cheerleaders in his Santa Claus outfit. And uh, so you know, I mean, I that's, don't go over. That, with it us, didn't right? go. It didn't go over real well with the Eagles fans. Mm -hmm. And and I remember the Michael Irvin thing. You know, and that was unfortunate. And uh, but there was something else that was going on because there was another player that was there with the Cowboys that was that was prancing around trying to do a healing for Irvin. And they weren't booing Michael Irvin. They were booing oh, him. him. So, but then, and then, and I know the bat. You don't throw anything out, you know, from the, at, at anybody on the field. I mean, that's just dangerous. So, you know, people that do stuff like that deserve to get thrown in jail. But uh, hey, listen, you know, I was one of those fans, and and uh, and I was demanding, and say, I, you know, I given the opportunity, I could be out there, I could do a better job than them. And guess what? I guess I did. But uh, you, you know, you you respect them, and uh, they're hardworking people, and they're loyal. And uh, you, they, you can boo them, but boy, if you come in with the Cowboys or a Giants or <laughs> a Redskins jersey, forget Good. it. You're toast. You're toast. And I, I, I was at a couple games where I, I was, I was in the stands, and and uh, you know, a couple, uh, a couple fans were with, you know, us Eagle fans. Uh, those Eagle fans were getting in somebody had another color jersey on, and uh, I actually told the Eagles fans to knock it off. I said, respect them for they're not doing anything but rooting for their team. It's okay. Let them wear their jersey. But um, you know, I, you know, all fans, you got you got your nuts. I mean, that's what it is. The one one, you know, eighty twenty rule. My dad, he would take me to our Flyers games a lot. <clears throat> Those they go nuts too. Boy, you yeah. you go in there with a Rangers jersey on. Yeah. When I went, at least like late nineties, I don't know if you'd make it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that or an Islanders jersey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you pull up a yep. bits of site and go through them? Make sure you get to your appointment and. I don't hold you up too long so I can All talk right. to you again. Yeah, man. <laughs> I found this picture, by the way. Yeah, oh, that, that's, that's who's, cool. who's that good-looking guy? 
That was cool. You know, that Who's Nuts t-shirt, that was Kenny Imons. Uh, that was our special teams coach. So if we made a big hit on special teams, we'd got a Who's Nuts t-shirt. It was like the game ball. We'd think the hair, huh? <laughs> I had it all working. You had a brow. You know, I mean, I, it was working pretty good. But that was the Art Museum steps. We had to do the Rocky thing, of course. How cool is yeah, that? Yeah, it was cool. That's one of my favorite shots. And this is uh, the Valley Group. Yeah, that's that's my team. So you know, you can easily find that. It's just look look for the Papawi Group. We'll have that in the uh, description. Go to that. Yeah, and then uh, that's that's some of the things I get those T-shirts and jerseys. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't make a living selling stuff. But if anybody uh, cares to get that stuff, I get them out. To can you. anybody book problem. you if they want to? If you oh want yeah, to speak. yeah. What you do is you go to. Uh, is it contact us? Go to contact. Uh, book us. Vent. It's under Book Vents, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, there it is. Yes. Schedule speaking engagements. Just click on our uh, book vents at the top. That's all nice. of them should come up. Yeah. I have more info coming soon, but there's there's uh, some stuff on here. Yeah, there's a, there's an interactive uh, there's an interactive um, setup that people can go to and comes right to me. Matter of fact, I just got a couple uh, just just this week from people going into the website there. Yeah, just click on uh, book vents, the actual tab. Just click on that there. Yeah, that's where I want. It. Yep. And we'll have uh, all that in the description. All right. Hey, cool. Thanks. I appreciate and it. And when, when are we going to see uh, the, the podcast really get right after, put out? Right, right after the holidays. Right after the holidays. Yeah. And yeah. that will be on the webpage? Yeah, that'll be, uh, yeah, we'll get everything set up on the webpage. Yeah, vincepapelli.com. <clears throat> and then invincibleinsights.com. You know, that's I got that for the you know, Monday deal. But uh, you can pretty much find anything on my website. So there it is. That's That's my team. It's your team, buddy. That's my, that's my team. I love them. Now, now, one real quick thing. I know you got to get going soon. You, uh, you you picked the Eagles. We know that. Go to the Super Bowl here. So far, knock on wood, so good. Who are they who are they matching up against? Who do you think right now? I'll know. tell you my pick, but you go ahead. I'm not really following much in the AFC. AFC? Yeah, Buffalo maybe. Yeah, Buffalo. I'm going out on the limb, and I'm still saying the Eagles, Dolphins, Super Bowl. Ooh, oh, Tua versus Hurts. Oh, is it two Alabama guys? Oh, wouldn't that be something? That'd be a good I think, I think Buffalo. I think yeah, Buffalo stuff. Buffalo stuff. Yeah, I always been a Buffalo fan. So even yeah. though I thought they were going to lose last week to yeah. the Lions, I almost thought they were going to lose to the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got a guy like you know your story, right, Vince? <laughs> uh, how you came along? What do you think about Jalen Hurts? That guy. I mean, that's amazing. His transition from last year to this year has been remarkable. And I thought after the loss to the Redskins or to the Commanders, and then uh, just a so-so performance the next week, I'm thinking, oh, no, is this, you know, is something going on? You know, have they figured him out? No. Man, and then he hits, he's got two 350-yard games, and this is blistering the NFL. I mean, he's got to be, without a doubt, the most, one of the most prolific quarterbacks I've seen now in the game. If he can keep it up, let's hope so. He looks like he's throwing balls. Oh, cool. yeah. He's just, you know, he's really throwing a beautiful long ball. Long ball's and, great. And, oh, the, the, the acquisition. I, I I was saying to Vinny, you know, I said, Devontae is such a crisp route runner, and he's just yeah. a skinny little runt, and he's such a tough kid, man. I just love his I love his game. But A.J. Brown, man, he's brought a dimension. Um, he, he's, he's got – the way I look, I see him. I see me and him. And his aggressiveness and, Animal. and just, you know, he's not going to run out of bounds and, and save a yard. He's going to get that extra yard and lower his shoulder and go. Put his head down. And that touchdown, he that last touchdown he had on Sunday right. where he was wrapped, he had the defender wrapped and he absolutely separated <laughs> him and pulled the ball in. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. 
how the hell did he do that? And but and and he's getting double teamed, you know, and they can't stop. Him. And and he's just, you know, they they've got an edge. There, there's an edge back, and and you know, I, I was afraid with Goddard gone. You know, everybody's a common wisdom, but you know, the other guys are the other guys are sort of making it up and. You know, and and Jalen is just, geez, oh man, he's just lights out. It's why it's fun to watch. Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you one thing too. Barry Sanders, I don't yeah. think he gets enough credit. Barry Sanders was a beast. Yeah, yeah wasn't he though? And I think he should have got a lot, lot more yeah. credit. Yeah. And he stuck with the Lions. Yeah. How good did you think he was? Yeah, this is best one of the goats. Phew. Yeah. And man, could he move? He had them cuts, huh? Did, yeah. Could he move or what? Could he plant that yeah. foot yeah. and move quicker than? Shit. As they say, he'd break an ankle. He would break an ankle. Yeah, they yeah. used to say like Iverson with the crossover and Curry. Uh-uh. Yeah. Barry Sanders, who'll break your ankles? Yeah. And it, I'm sure it, he did, a couple. And I said that the other day. You know, <laughs> somebody was making a cut or a play. I said, look, man, he, he broke that guy's ankle. Wouldn't you know it? He was down on the ground, and he actually did. He, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, one of the players. No, he didn't break his ankle, but he had a sprained ankle. Yeah. And then last thing, Vince, what would you say to, you know, the youth, whether they're in, uh, you know, middle school, high school, they're coming up, whether they play football or they don't play football, what's your message <laughs> to these kids nowadays? They're living such a – the social media world, like right. we talked about, listening to all the naysayers telling them they can't do it, you can't do it, you're too small, you're fat, you're this, you're that. What do you say to those kids? Well, you know, first of all, don't listen to all that. You know, don't worry about that, how many likes you get and those kinds of things. That's easy for me to say. But be very careful of social media because your real friends are the ones that you can feel and touch and see, you know, and, and, and your parents. Uh, you know, as, and don't be afraid to trace, chase the dream. And don't be afraid to make a mistake, you know, and you might be vilified by whatever, but it, it's okay to make a mistake and just be strong and, and surround yourself with, with, with strong friends and people that you can trust and people and be trustworthy, you know, and, and, and more than anything, if something's going on, uh, it, it, let it, let people know about it. If you don't feel comfortable about something, let people know about it and don't be afraid to seek help. You know, because there's just so much mental illness and things that are going on now because of COVID and what the, what the social media did. Because the, the whole social life for these kids was 18 months not going to school was on a freaking computer. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's just, uh, you know, and then you, you look at some of these poor athletes, you know, guys that had scholarships that were that just was evaporated because, you know, the seasons were canceled and those kinds of things. I just feel so bad for it. So, you know, it's a time of healing. It's a time of recovery, but we all got to come together. And uh, like I tell my kids is treat everybody nice. Treat everybody as if they're the most important person you ever meet in your life. And uh, if they, if they're an asshole, it's, it's not on you. Yeah. You know, you just, you just move on and, and, but just say, hey, that's just the way it is. But uh, not everybody can be perfect like you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say to parents? That parents, just kids just and, listen you know, to your kids, man. Your kids, just, huh? just listen to them and, and be there for them. And, uh, you know, there's, they're going through a lot of stuff that we never, uh, you know, I thought I, I went through some stuff and what they have to deal with is, is, is just incredible, especially with social media. And, and all the trends that are going on, you know, where, 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 you know, if I'm not this, should I be this? I mean, you know, there's just so much pressure to be somebody that you're not. 
and trying to force you to be something that you don't want to be. Just be be yourself. But parents, be aware of everything that's going on. I, I tell you what, if my kids were still in, in middle school or junior high school or, or high school, I would be on the school boards but every minute of the day understanding and knowing well, knowing what's going on and what's being taught to my children in the classroom. And, you know, I talk about being fundamental. That's What's wrong with the fundamentals? What's wrong about having phys ed class? What's wrong about having shop? What's oh, wrong wood about... Oh, woodshop. They took yeah. woodshop out, you know? Yeah, yeah. And cooking class. And, and all, all the, all the, I mean, you know, and typing and, you know, and all these... Uh, I mean, what's wrong with that, you know? and History. How about history? Yeah, oh, yeah, well, no, but, they, but, you know, they want to change history, you know? That's where we'll. So... You know, I mean, I, I, I could just go on and on. But to the parents out there, just, you know, love your kids. Uh, tell them you love them. I was never told uh, when I was a kid that I was loved, you know. And then finally, you know, it came. But not there's not a conversation or a phone call or, or a text with my kids where the last three words aren't, I love you. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. And let them know that it's okay to, to make a mistake and be there for them when that happens. And also cheer them on. When they do great, you know, and just do the just, you know, but but right now it's all about values. And right now the value system is a little bit skewed. I just had my first and she's two, oh. my daughter. So uh, if I end up uh, away, promise she'll come visit me <laughs> <laughs> because I'll tell you what. <laughs> If things don't change, I might, Vince, you want to come visit me? Oh, I love the twos. I love Tuesdays the and twos. Thursdays, Vince. <laughs> Terrible twos, baby. <laughs> yeah, she's too. Uh, thank you for your time, hey, Vince. I really great appreciate time, it. Me, Thanks for coming great, in. Thank you. It's awesome. Thank you. An honor. An honor. Thank you very much. And just like yeah. you, when you see some of these guys, that's how it is for me. Like, yeah. is this guy really sitting here? Yeah. Thank you, man. Sitting here. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank that's you. Great. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate and got you out on time. Yeah, let's go. <laughs>